Welcome to the forecast. To my right, we have AP18. Alex, how you doing? Hello, everyone. And to my left, Gary himself. Garrett, how you doing? Doing swell. Today is, uh, what is it today? today? The last Wednesday in uh, May, the fifth one. Uh, six, according to Alex, but uh, 531. Uh, the 30th. Five, no, 30th. No, 530. Uh, this is the Wednesday Comics forecast. We're going to tell you what comic books are coming out today. Tell us you know what to pick up. It's a very good week. There's a lot of good stuff this week. We can't even figure out what to review. Uh, so much stuff this week. So we're just going to dive into it first on this list. Image Comics, Barrier number five. This is Brian K. Vaughn and Mark Arch Martin. This massive 50-page finale brings our multilingual epic to its shocking conclusion. Uh, Alex, what do you think? This thing's coming to a conclusion. Five out of five. It's been a weekly series, so it's flown by. Uh, was this worth it to you, and are you looking forward to the end? I got one thing to tell everyone. First of all, uh, Brian K. Vaughn one of my favorite writers. So I definitely am looking forward to this book. Uh, secondly, uh, haven't read anything in a long time. So I'm behind on most everything. I am so excited for this book. And for the fact that image did a weekly five week book, not six, like I told you last week, this book is so good. That art is so strong. And actually I think the art is the strongest part with that third issue was being a silent issue. Um, solid. So I am pumped for this book to come out, and I'm excited to read it all. Uh, the first issue was oversized. Uh, it's the last issue oversized, both of them $4.99. So it'd be a little more, but it's about 50 pages, $5. It's about 10 cents a page, right, Alex, if I'm doing the math correctly? Yeah, about that. So it's not that bad of a deal compared to what you get. So I'm looking forward to that barrier. We'll see the end of that. Uh, Descender, number 30th, is Jeff Lemire, Dustin Wynn. Uh, this is a great book. I'll tell you all about it. Actually, you know what, Garrett? How's this book going? Uh, it's going really good. You can definitely tell that the ending is in sight. Um, but this book has con- constantly been a great story with great art. Um, you know, there's it's so far along its storyline that I can't even really say what's going on. Uh, just know that we're definitely in the last act of this story. And it's I'm been gonna... a wild ride. I'm going to put it out there now. Garrett and I will talk about the last, the actual last issue of the book uh, on one of the shows when it comes up. So we can tell you all about it and spoil it for Marvin. Yeah, right. Marvin's reading it too, right? Yeah, what do you mean spoiled? <laughs> well, that's, I'm just saying we're going to read it first. Uh, Marvin will be one issue behind. He'll be like, guys, I didn't get to issue 30 or 32 or 33 or whatever it is. We're like, bro, you had, you had so many months to get it. And we're going to spoil it for you. Killer Killed. Killer Killed. Number 19. This is Sean Phillips and uh, Ed Brubaker and uh, Betty Bryster on colors. This is the uh, the fourth arc ends with a bang. If Dylan can't get to the trouble, well, it'll just come to him. Trapped in an insane asylum, Dylan fights for his life and whatever future he may have. And don't forget, every issue of Killer Be Killed contains extra back issue articles and art uh, we talked about on the show. Also, little extras at the end, so make sure to get it on issues. Uh, <laughs> You know what is, is, is surprising to me in this, Alex, and I'm going to defer to you and see what you think. Three things here. First, this is the end of the fourth arc, but we know the next issue is the actual final issue. So do you think this is going to be the end of the story and we get like an epilogue to end the thing to wrap it up? Um, I would say yes. Because it looks like this is actually going to be like the end. And two, does this sound like Die Hard in an insane asylum? He's locked in there and they come after him. So he's got to fight his way out. This was this was the uh, the diehard that you and I and I think even Gary had a little bit of a conversation about. 
Uh, old habits die hard. He's going to take some people out in prison. Way to go. Well, it's, it's, it's a mental hospital. It's not a prison. More importantly, it's like Arkham Asylum, then. He looks crazy <laughs> on that cover. Sean Phillips is great on faces. And, like, that cover, I think, is the first time that I'm afraid of Dylan. It's like, now he's like, oh, yeah, I forgot that he's actually, he might be crazy. I'm, I'm pretty sure he is crazy. <laughs> I want to know where he gets that shotgun from. We'll Either s- does he get it from the uh, other, back, you know, someone else, or does he secretly have one? We'll see. It's a, in it, his room. It's sad that the series is ending, but this issue should be good. It's going to be the end of the actual like uh, arc, so should be good. It's going to get you amped for the conclusion. The last siege, number one. This is Landry Q. Walker and Justin Greenwood, a tale of blood, desperation, and loss. New York Times bestseller Landry Q. Walker joins artist Justin Greenwood for our new ongoing series, The Last Siege. Spaghetti Western storytelling meets Game of Thrones atmosphere in this gritty medieval war story as mysterious stranger arrives at a castle overrun uh, with brutal soldiers bent on usurping the throne of the rightful heir, an 11-year-old girl. An action-packed, genre-twisting series, or epic, excuse me, The Last Siege Begins. Uh, so new number one, if you want to pick it up there. Uh, I don't know any of these creators, but it sounds like, I mean, New York Times bestselling author. Um, maybe it's Laundry's uh, first uh, comic book work, but so check that out if you're going to looking for something new to pick up. Uh, Lazarus, number 28, this is Greg Rucka, Michael Lark, Fraction, Prelude, The Conclusion, Jonah Clark is dead. Jonah Kerr has made a new life for himself on the edge of Bittner territory, but as much as Jonah has may have escaped the, his family, he can't escape the world his family has made. Uh, Garrett, I, yeah. you know what? When did the last issue come out? It seems like a while ago. No, it came out last month. Oh, did it? Really? I think it's one of those first week of one month. Now we're at the last week of the okay. second Okay, well, that would make more to, sense. To technically be still in the two months. And this is the last um, monthly issue, basically. And then after this, it goes to quarterly. So this is the last bit of Lazarus you're going to get until September. Which you know, I, that's exciting, but it's also kind of disappointing. I know, it's gone back, for so yeah, long. On, yeah, well, they'll... Sorry, Excel 66, but... Yeah, but we've only been back for two issues on the ongoing Lazarus than to have another four months off then back in September. I realize we're going to get more content. That's great. But I'm also just like, oh, that's kind of unfortunate. I have to wait a month. It's so, so long to get more book. Yeah, I feel the same way. It's it's great that I'm kind of more, I'm like very curious how that's going to work, that quarterly book and how it's going to like feel and look. And it makes me excited to get like a quarterly book. But then also, it's like Alex said, it's kind of disappointing that we just came back with it. Now we have to wait again to see more of this story. But I think we learned that at least Lazarus is worth waiting for. So it should be okay. It is, but we haven't seen forever in almost a year now. So yeah, it'd be cool to see uh, see what's going on with her. But I guess that adds to the suspense of the story. Royal City, number 11. Uh, this is Jeff Lemire and Jeff Lemire. Uh, we all float on part one, a brand new storyline of Jeff Lemire's acclaim series kicks off as the Pike family rallies around uh, their newest surprise member. But Richie sets off on a dark path that can only end in tragedy. Uh, Alex, uh, Royal City coming back here. We had a little break. Not really a little break. That one came out uh, not too long ago. But it's the next. We were in the past for a while. So I guess that's what I'm saying. Now we're going to go back to the main story. Uh, are you looking forward to this? Oh, hell yeah. Uh, as we said in uh, 2017, 
year, Jeff Lemire. Uh, this was one of my favorite books. And as we learned uh, earlier this week, Royal City's ending at issue 14. So four issues left. I am super pumped to see where it's going, how it's going to end, uh, what kind of stakes are at in this issue or in this last four issues. So I'm just bringing it on and I'm along for the ride. Uh, saga number 52. This is Brian Kivon, Fiona Staples. Danger approaches. That's all they're going to tell you. Uh, we got my favorite character on the cover. Whoa, put some clothes on, dude. Um, <laughs> they're all swimming in the pool with a black hole underneath them. Uh, this series is getting ready uh, real good. Very, very good. And uh, that cover is colored beautifully. That water looks uh, makes me thirsty. Kind of. Yeah, it does. A- Alex, how's Saga been going? Um, I have a guilty, guilty thing to say. I am still behind by two issues. I haven't read 50, which Marvin says was great. I haven't read 50. Alex, I am, I'm caught up and you're not on something. I'm, I'm, I'm actually so ashamed. This is one of those books. I know. I know. You heard it here first, everyone. Let me tell our listeners. is ashamed. Saga right now. So look for a while. Saga was great. And then it became one of those books where I'm like, yeah, it's good, but it's not really that exciting. Like I'm kind of feeling figuring out how this is going to go. And then something happens. There's like a little time jump, a little spoilers in there. But uh, since then, and since, the, like, a, what was that, Alex? Like 30? 28? Uh, oh, I was going to say 40, like issue 40, when they're on that comet, is the start of it being really great again. Oh, I, a little before that for me. But it's still, it's around 35, 40. Uh, since then, this book has been excellent. This book is probably one of my favorite books. Every time I read it, I know what I don't know what to expect. And Fiona Staples, since issue one, has not faltered at all. Her art's been amazing. And this is a series that if you're not into and you're not reading right now, I think you really are missing out on something and I think you should pick up. So you can I mean, he makes it very easy. The trades come out on a regular schedule, and then also there's a collection of like there's you basically get two hardcover collections and we almost caught up. So I would I would say to uh, pick this up. And where where we are at right now is fun, scary, and very heartfelt. If it could happen all at once, and it does in this book, so from the outside looking in, I do. I am impressed that Saga has been coming out consistently because, like, that book comes out. It seems like way quicker than a month. I don't think we've it's ever been delayed. I mean, they have breaks, but they tell you they're having breaks in the book, and that's when the trades come out and they give you time to catch up, and then they go back to doing it. So there's never been a time where. Brian, Kevon, or Fiona's been had to apologize, being like, "Oh, sorry, we were late." They've been on point since issue one, so it's good. Fifty-two weeks, not fifty-two months. Excuse me, not fifty-two weeks. Uh, maybe longer than that, actually. When did issue one come out, Alex? It was twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. So good. So it's uh, been six, six years. years of this book coming out. Uh, that's Image Comics, Dark Horse Comics, Blackwood number one. This is Evan Dorkin and Veronica Fish. From the multi-Eisner award-winning creator of The Beast of Burden and the artists of Archie and Slam come the supernatural fantasy about a magic murder in a sorcery school when four teenagers with a haunted past enroll in Blackwood College, a school that trains students in the occult with their desire to enhance their supernatural abilities and bond with others is hampered by the undead Dean's curse ghost in their dorm and mischievous two-headed mummy chimp a plague of mutant insects and discovery of an ancient evil that forces our heroes to undergo a crash course in the occult of, for the sake of the world. Uh, Garrett, 
Uh, I heard from a little birdie, uh, probably that bird on the cover there, that you are looking to get this book. But also reading that, it sounds like it's kind of up your alley because you're like a Harry Potter guy. That sounds like a kind of Harry Potter uh, kind of take on a story. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. It, um, Harry Potter-esque, Supernatural-esque. And it does make me think of Gotham Academy quite a bit for some reason. Uh, plus, Becky Cloonan does a variant cover for the first issue, so there might be that too. Um but I am, uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited for this. I am bummed that it's only a four issue mini, but maybe there'll be more volumes than just one. Um, but I always love a good mystery, and like when there's all that kind of supernatural kind of game, like play around the story. So I'm excited to see what the story's about. And uh, based on that cover alone, the art looks incredible. That's yeah, I thought this was the artist. The cover artist is Veronica Frisch. Like I'm fish. I'm excited to see the interior art. So yeah, I think it is. Uh, IDW Publishing. I want to bring this up because I did not see this until this very moment, and it makes me excited. From the writer of Flintstones, Mark Russell, and then also uh, art from Max Dunbar, Judge Dread Under Siege Number One. When all contact from Patrick Swayze block is lost, Dredd and Judge Beanie investigate only to find out it's become a beachhead for an all-out mutant assault on Mega City 1. Cutting-edge humor intense. Gritty action from writer Mark Russell, once again from Flintstones, and God is disappointed in you in artist Max Dunbar, Gears of War. Uh, that sounds... You know, people always... I always get see a lot of people asking, Judge Dredd, how to get into it? It's obviously something that people like. They like that Dredd movie, but I'd really, I really... I've never... I know Judge Dredd has its following. It's mostly a UK following. In the States, it kind of is this like underground thing. So IDW has the rights to publish own seri- their own series in the States. So here's number one if you're looking at Judge Dredd. Mark Russell is an excellent writer. So if you were ever looking to pick up Judge Dredd, here it is. That uh, cover is awesome. Yeah, I know. So I, I saw that. I was like, yeah, I got to talk about this book. Uh, DC Comics. It's a uh, fifth week. So DC is going to do a little special. It's called... Another crossover with Hanna Barbera, Aquaman, Jabberjaw, special number one. Said, Dib, excuse me, Dan Abnett, Jeff Parker, Scott Collins on art. So Jabberjaw and Aquaman. You see that cover there? Uh, if you like Jabberjaw, there you go. Uh, Bane Conquest number one. Excuse me, number one, eleven. <laughs> Chuck Dixon and Graham Noll, Nolan. Uh, the penultimate issue of this year-long event starts and ends with an action. Has this really been consistently coming out each month? No, it no. is not. Okay, so, so that's that's a bullshit. Two or three months since the last one came out. Okay, I was confused because like, really, this thing's still going on. That's the reason why because there's been delays. Okay, how's this thing been, Garrett? I mean, it's penultimate issue. Are you excited for this still? Uh, I feel like it's more of a chore at this point because again, that was the whole thing is that it was going to be a storyline that we got um into like like a year timeline and like the first half of the series was really good. And then the last, like issues six through nine, not so good. And then now we have, uh, I mean, N10, I mean. So this, I'm like, based on my cover, I'm like, okay, that looks exciting. But, you know, two issues left to tell basically a two-part arc because I don't even remember what happened in issue 10. We'll see. I, but, I don't remember. I know that they were looking for the kid or they were hunting for the kid. or I'm sure it's know. the same storyline. Yeah. Along those lines, it's it's so. fine, but now it's just that part of me that's like I just need to finish it up and be done with it. It should have been just six issues, I think. I agree. Well, I mean, yeah, you're right. I even when it first came out, I think we were talking about it because I picked up the first issue. And I was like, "Wow, this thing's really going to be twelve issues." But I guess 
I mean, good for them to go back to Bane, but also at what point is it more self-indulgence being like, hey, let's try to Bane thing for 12 issues rather than like, hey, we should write, we have a story to tell. At least from my point, that's what it seemed like from the beginning. But uh, speaking of that, that. Uh, that special, Black Lightning, Hong Kong Fui, special number one. This is Brian Hill, Jeff Parker, Scott Hey, you Collins. missed the prelude to the wedding with Robin Rouse oh, I have it pulled up here. It's just they went out of order. Uh, Batman prelude to the wedding, Robin versus uh, Ra's al Ghul. Number one, Team Seeley, Brad Walker, and Raphael Albuquerque on the cover there. Uh, Alex, I know you're a guy who uh, likes, uh, what do you say, Raish or Ross? I always say Raish because when you call him Raish, it's because you're friends or that you at least know him. Where if you call him Ross, then it's more like a stranger acquaintance term. Okay, so Raish, I know you like the character, but are you interested enough to get this kind of one shot? You know, I think for the fact that it is the prelude to the wedding and that I I really do believe Raish would have something against Bruce wanting to marry Selena. Uh, obviously, Bruce has already talked to Talia in issue 34 and 35 that I I could see Raish being almost insulted. And it's fun to see that his grandson, Damien, at least on the cover, uh, my guess is defending his father's choice and going, you know, this is this is what my dad wants, and I will fight for him against you. So I, I'm I'm excited for this. I'm interested to see um, what happens. The only thing that kind of makes me weary is uh, Tim Seeley's writing. So I was thinking the same thing. It's just like lately, gosh, I don't know. Anything I've read by him has not been as great. In a long time. It hasn't been that good. So I'm not saying that could be the case for this story because it's just a one shot. But still, it's like I don't get excited when I see his name anymore. Are you going to pick this up, Garrett? Oh, I'm still going to get it. Um, I like I like Brad Walker's art quite a bit. And uh, I agree with Alex. I think the storyline, like if you read the solicit, like it's it'll be fun because, you know, Roz has always wanted Bruce to take on the heir of the demon uh, to become the heir of the demon. And when that's not the case, it's like, well, someone else has got to fill those shoes. If Bruce isn't the candidate. So black lightning, Hong Kong, fully special number one, this is Brian Hill, Jeff Parker, and Scott Collins. Uh, so if you're looking to pick that up too, pick him up. Uh, number one, super guy. There you go. Uh, yeah, you're going to get that. No, I'm not getting any of the oh, Looney the or the Hanna Barbera. I mean, Okay. Yeah. Doomsday Clock number five is Jeff Johns and Gary Frank. The comedian lives the mine and marionette loose on Gotham City. Rorschach locked in the bowels of Arkham Asylum. Secrets will be revealed as the Doomsday Clock ticks on. Uh, this thing has been delayed multiple times. It's They came back and said, hey, we're on a schedule now. And uh, I think they missed that schedule that they promised the new one. So it is going to that point. I think on the show, I had the forecast. If you go back we said, hey, you know what? The story's good enough. It can I can deal with these delays. It came to a point now where I'm like, okay, you can't keep saying the first time I forgave you because you said, hey, we figured out a schedule. And then for you to go back on that schedule again, then it's kind of like, okay, now this needs to come out. I mean, it's still good. I liked the last issue a lot. It was also very, that was the one where we had Rorschach's uh, origin, right? The new Rorschach. Right. So I actually did like that one a lot. I thought it was great. But at one point, now I'm kind of like starting to lose what's going on because it's taking so long to come out. And that's when something loses quality for me because I can't remember it at all. What do you think, Garrett? 
Yeah. I mean, I think in the book's defense, I think you're thinking too hard just because, like, literally nothing, nothing huge is happening besides we've seen the comedian come back um, and we've seen Adrian Rorschach go to the DC universe. So besides Rorschach's origin, I think that's really basically where we're at. They're just trying to find Dr. Manhattan. Um, I get so excited when this book comes out. I know it's going to delay, but hey, if I get Gary Frank doing a whole issue, I don't care. Um, if it was half a year, that might be a different story, but it has only been a couple months. Um, and I did think the last issue was really strong. Um, and, you know, it still amazes me that there's eight more issues left of content in this storyline. But I'm kind of curious how it coincides with current comics, if it's going to affect them in any way, shape or form here coming up. So if this is that slow, I don't know. That's an editor's problem, but... I am very excited, especially with the variant cover being Joker, so maybe he's more involved in this issue. You you mentioned the concern of what, how it's going to tie into other current books. That's going to be my concern when we get into issue eight, and by that point in time, it should have already been done. And so the outcome in issue 12 is already going to be spoiled for everyone because all the other books had to move on and have stories they need to be telling with what we've already learned, which we haven't learned. I don't know. These delays are starting to get old for the fact that we really are going to start ruining books or all the other books are going to end up having to be delayed. So there's well, going to be filling stories. Right. That's true. But I think DC has a better way of going about it. Like they don't announce things until they know they're coming. Like they're going to be. What are you relevant. talking about? Well, no, I know I'm saying they just no. they announced the new schedule and then they didn't follow it. No, I'm not saying with that. I'm saying if there's any big comic book event or anything to come out of Doomsday Clock. They won't announce that until it's close. They did, they, they did with metal was delayed, and they did all the metal stuff before the last issue came out. I know, but you didn't really need to know very much for metal to, to understand those books. Yeah, but there's characters who are still around, and we knew nothing was going to happen to them. Or characters were there now, and we're like, okay, I guess they show up in metal. So. Well, yeah, and same thing happens with Marvel all the time. It's yeah. Well, I think what Alex is saying is valid, and like it's going to be a new status quo. When you're like, oh, I guess we get here somehow, but I'm not sure how it happened. I guess we'll see. I'm not sure. This is the big thing that they said, hey, this is going to change or somehow loop into this whole Rebirth story thing and then for it to be delayed on a, on a line-wide kind of initiative here is weird because this really should have been done. They've literally been working on this for two years and how is it delayed? I'm not sure. Like Gary Frank, yeah, that is, um, well, he hasn't done anything since that uh, Rebirth issue. So like they're even delaying Batman Earth uh, 1 Volume 3 to do this. So, like, what, he, what has he been doing? Like, he can't, like, they didn't get together and be like, hey, let's get this done and have it come out on time because this affects the whole line. I, I do, yeah. It's very frustrating as a as a reader who picks it up, who wants to do it monthly, and then you tell me, hey, it's not going to come out monthly, but it's going to come out every other month. And then that isn't even true. So that's the only thing about it. And when I read it, 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 it does affect that book a little bit because I know, hey, I don't know when the next issue is coming out. And should I really try to read this now or should I wait to read this? Well, if Doomsday Clock does have relevance to the other books, then I at least know that John and uh, Lois are still alive, so there's that comforting <laughs> solace. <laughs> that, is, that is true. <laughs> uh, Flash Speed Buggy Special Number 1. This is Scott Lobdell and Breath Booth. Uh, no, no, no. Nope. 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 Pass it. Yeah. Uh, Green Arrow. I agree. <laughs> Green Arrow Annual Number 2. This is Julie Benson, Shauna Benson, and Carmen Nunez uh, Carnino. Uh, in re- title, Rich Boy Oliver Queen grew up a member of the elite society, but after a drunken escapade left them stranded on Desert Island, Oliver learned to survive and become more than a man. He became a hunter. He became a survivor. 
he became a hero. But when Green Arrow comes face to face with the challenge he never saw coming, his entire world view, his reason for being a hero comes with the question because the challenger has a name, Amanda Waller. Uh, what do you think, Garrett? You get Green Arrow? Are you excited for this annual? Um, no, I'm not going to get it. Um, Whoa! Don't you get the series? No, I drafted it after Schmidt left. Oh, I thought you would like the uh, the Benson. No, because uh, uh, Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing were going to come. No, this is just the annual by the Bensons, and then they don't start till August. That's when we start picking it back up again. Oh, okay. I'm surprised you don't get this though, because yeah. wouldn't this be their first taste of the book? Yeah, and I might look through it, but I know it's it's it is definitely going to be like a prelude, and I'm not a big fan of like throwing Amanda Waller. That's what I was going to ask. Together. I was like, do you really want to go through a whole issue of Amanda Waller? She must be. She might be the most annoying person in comics. Right. Like the I mean. part about Justice League I hate the most is her anything to do with her. Like I love like Green Arrow was cool, but like when we talk about Justice League in a second, it's like Amanda Waller part could give two shits less and you hate her for a reason. So it's like, ugh. Uh, yeah, I, I don't really like her character too. She, you know what she's only there for? It seems like she never has a personality. She's only there to either throw a wrench in plans or have like the ultimate solution to something. And like she's just this plot device that either way, whether or not you need to make it so the heroes have something to fight against or the heroes need to get out of something, she's like, hey, I got this, by the way. <laughs> and it's like, okay. Like, I know I know she does have a character, but the character really hasn't been a focus for a while. It's been more like, hey, look at the secrets I have. And so that's the reason why she's annoying in comics for me right now. Uh, Green Lantern's annual one, number one. I want to bring this up because it's Annie Diggle writing in Juan Ferreira, who uh, was doing Green Arrow for a while, is doing the art. Every thousand years, a ceremony is held on a long-forgotten world to celebrate the life of an ancient Green Lantern hero, Simon Baz and Jessica Cruz are chosen to represent Earth at this event, but they quickly learn not as all as it seems. A secret has been buried on this planet. It's up to our heroes to find out and put the mystery to rest once and for all. Oh, I was excited for that. That cover looks great. Yeah, well, I wouldn't want Ferreira to do the cover. Uh, well, I like that cover, and it showed Hal, and I was like, oh, is Hal going to team up with them in this issue? But I guess not. Okay, well, we'll see. I mean, Andy Diggle's a good writer. So yes, yeah. I would like to see his take on that. I'm not sure if it's enough for me to pick up an annual, but we'll see. I'll take a look through it. Justice League, no justice number four. Is this a conclusion? Yep, epic finale that everybody will be talking about after an unimaginable happens. The DCU must band together to defend F- Earth excuse me, from annihilation before the end. New alliances will be forged. Some heroes will be lost forever. Don't miss the event that will set the stage for the Justice League in 2018 and beyond. Uh, Alex, do you really think uh, since some people will be lost forever? Is we gonna have some stakes here? Uh, <clears throat> I sure hope there are some stakes. Uh, issue one and two were, were pretty good. I honestly haven't read three yet, which I realize is no surprise to anybody. But to know that there are people going to be lost, I really hope that means and they don't have to die, but they need to go away. If they're gonna go away. Stay away, and let me actually have that um, that grieving process. If you're gonna kill. Uh, Bruce Wayne off. Kill him off. But let me have that time. Don't be bringing him back two months later going, by the way, guys, surprise, I was in the closet. No. Let that skeleton rock. This is uh, Scott Snyder, James Tony the fourth, Joshua Williamson, Francis Manipo, and Arnold also Marcus Toe. I wanted to bring that up because uh, in issue three, Marcus Toe does a good uh, part of that book, and I really didn't like his art. It took me out of it. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't have one consistent artist throughout that. I guess, you know, it is a weekly, but still, they've been like Riley Rossman, I wish we'd have done the whole issue. And the first two from uh, 
uh, Francis Manipul were great. And he's back for this, but he's not for the whole thing. So I guess it, that's the only thing with issue three. It's like half the issue is Marcus Toe. And it, his characters just don't look like Francis Manipul's drawings. Riley Rossman was really close to Francis Manipul. I think they were trying to mash each other, but Marcus Toe, not really. So it just kind of takes me out of it. We'll see, though. I mean, I like I like the story so far, but we'll see how it ends. Oh, here we go. Oh, oh shit. Man of Steel, number one. Brian Michael Bennis' first full issue with DC. Joe Prado on art. Uh, and also Ivan Russ. Ivan Ray. Excuse me. Ivan uh, Rice on art. Rice. Uh, he's also doing the cover there. Uh, is he? Yeah, he is. A uh, new era begins for Superman as a threat from his earliest origins reemerges to destroy the last son of Krypton. As Superman struggles to come to grips with what happened to his wife and son, he must also face a new threat that is turned to burn down Metropolis. Garrett, here you go, three ninety nine. On that cover, we don't see any Lois, any John. What do you think? How's this going to go for you? Um, you know, if you've heard me on the gauntlet or other episodes where I've given brief comments about this, I am scared shitless. Um, you know, I made sure like we were discussing what books we're going to review on our show coming out this week. And I wanted this to be on here for the fact that I don't honestly know what I'm going to, what's going to happen in this book. Um, you know, I feel like Bendis wants to make his presence known by whatever he changes to Superman's origin. And uh, I feel like he's a guy that in the long run isn't trying to piss you off, but he wants to do what like Nick Spencer did with evil calf, like do something so fucking crazy that you're just like, no way. How does this make sense? And then you got to wait five years to figure out the story. Um, So yeah, I'm very nervous. And, you know, I think trying to, Basically, Toy Story, the shit, or Disney Pixar, the shit out of a Superman is the wrong way to go. Like, you don't make it so that this family splits up and then just to make Superman more, how would you say it? I, mean, I don't mean even more relatable or more. But it's going to make him more alienated from everybody. Right, exactly. I think, that's, I think that's the one thing is that being married to Lois, having John as his son, I think really brings him into that. This is where he belongs. He is a a person. He wants yeah, to be a person. It reminds him of his humanity. Exactly. Yeah. And to have that, all it's going to do is make him, one, probably speak stupid, like you did in that one of those eight-page issue things we read. Um, I, when you wanted it on the list, I was like, oh, shit, that means I can't not – I have to get it so we could talk about it because I'm just – I am – I don't even know if I'm at all interested in this. I know, but I feel like based on what we've read, this is going to be a huge turning point in Superman's history that we got to talk about it. Well, I, I, know. Think- and I, I mean, I, like I understand the, the, the big premise of it is that this is going to be a big to do. It's an issue one. Uh, this really sets the standard for what to expect from Bendis's writing as a, a, a non Bendis fan. I think maybe that's the one thing for me. I have not read anything lately that I've enjoyed of his. Mm-hmm. And to know that he's taken a first issue of one of the most iconic characters ever created. And of what I've read of the 16 pages, uh, none of it's been good. So uh, he's got, he must have some giant cojones to be like, I'm going to change some stuff up. Well, let's see. I mean, I am the one who, when he first got announced coming to DC and everybody was like, Hey, it doesn't matter. He hasn't been a good writer for a long time. I was like, you guys have forgot how great this guy used to be. 
and I went on this hot tirade. Go back to that episode. I'm not sure what it is. Um, but look in the show notes. I, it's good. I defend them for like five minutes. But so far, I've had egg in my face. These two little uh, snapshots we've gotten of this of this story. So I'm I am picking this up, hoping that finally we'll read this and be like, yes, this is the guy I was talking about, guys. Like this is going to be great. And uh, I don't think I'll have the hangups that Garrett has. I know he's worried about the changes, but I think I'll give him the mini and see how it goes. If it's good, if it's a bad comic issue in general, and then I think uh, I think we're gonna have to call it as we see it and be like, hey, I don't think, like Alex said, I think he uh, lost something a while back, and I think he's not good anymore. Well, I just read Iron Man six hundred, and I thought that was really great. I, you know, the end of Jessica Jones. Hey, so I just. Defenders was Defenders was great too for a little bit until he found out he was leaving and then it like got wrapped up like in two seconds. But I remember we right. liked that. Remember the first like f- three or four issues? It was great. So I mean, he can write a good book. I just I just don't know. I don't know if this is the character for him. I know he really wants to write it, but I don't know if he really should. And also, I'm not sure if coming into it this way is the way to come into it. Being like, oh, we're going to change everything you know about Superman. I don't know if that's the right thing for him right now. I think he, right. he should have been the guy that decided being like, hey, you know what? I'm going to come in. I know I'm a big name, but I'm going to take a character that is on the sidelines, like question, and I'll write a question book. It can do its own thing. It doesn't have to be in the main continuity. It's not like the flagship title. I can do my own thing and kind of figure out this universe, and then maybe you, you know you tap me for like an event in three or four years. But to come in and be like right away, like Alex said, the the guts on this guy to come in and be like, hey, I'm going to come in right away and, and change everything about your main character, your first character that you've ever had, the guy who everybody knows around the world when they look at that symbol. Yeah, well, he really has to back it up with the story. So, like, there's a lot of pressure on him for this issue to be the issue. So we'll see. I'm, I am kind of very curious about this to see if it's going to be good or not. And I think anybody who even has a... Like, if you don't read comics and you're listening to this show... Uh, I think, I think, you, you know, it's, there are greater comics to start with, but if you want something that people are going to be talking about to be in the known, like I'm sure it'll be all over the place when it comes out about spoilers and stuff like that. This is the book. This is the book that everybody's going to be talking about this week. So, uh, get this book if you want to keep up with what's going on. Uh, Super Sons, Dynamite, special number one, Peter J. Tomasi writing, Eau Claire Albert doing the art. Uh, there you go. Dynamites and, uh. John Kent is visiting the big city with his parents for the funeral of an old friend. His uh, pal, best pal, Damien Wayne, decides to follow. You got Dynamite and Blue Falcon. So go ahead and pick that up if you're interested. I think it's Dynamut. Oh, that's why I was saying Dynamite? Oh, yeah, you're right. Dynamut. Sorry. I think it's a dog, so. Oh, really? Uh, Marvel I Comics. Think so. I, th- I think so. It is. I was looking at it. Um <laughs> Marvel Comics, uh, Amazing Spider-Man number one, excuse me, not one, 800, Dan Slott, <laughs> Stuart Eminem, Shub, uh, Ramos. There's not even a one on that number. <laughs> to Kepsi, Kamikoli, Jim Chung, and Alex Ross on a cover, uh, very terrifying cover. Dan Slott, oh, here we go with the bullet points. Dan Slott, Stuart Eminem are joined by the many of the, are joined by many of the artists who made the last 10 years of Spider-Man so amazing. The biggest Peter Parker, Norman Osmond story of all time unfolds in one 80-page story, a scope unmatched in comics. Who lives? Who dies? What scars will be Spider-Man bear here on out? You know what? 10 bucks, which is kind of a lot, but still 80 pages. But I do like that it's 80 pages, one story. There's not, they're not filling it with any kind of like classic Spider-Man junk. Not that it's junk, but they always do that. They like have a 20-page story and then 
it's 60 pages of reprints. So 80 pages right. of one story, which uh, sounds pretty good. Alex, this is 800 issues. Are you excited to see the conclusion to... Well, it's not really a conclusion, right? It's just 800 issue. It's like 801's his last issue, isn't it? But this, I 803, think I think. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, I actually really am excited. I am behind. I know. No surprise to anybody ever. Uh, but I will get caught up for it. I believe it's actually on this week's show to talk about. So I um, I don't know. I've all of a sudden, as actually a couple nights ago when we were working on our uh, 100th episode, uh, guest host number one and I talked to Spider-Man for a solid hour, and it got me amped to read some Spider-Man, to talk some Spider-Man. So I'm just, bring it on, Spider-Man. I'm Sp- Bring me that, uh, the um, Tom Holland. Come on, Spider-Man. Yes, bring it. Spider-Man. Daredevil number 603, Charles Soule, Mike Henderson. Uh, I'm going to make a, a confession just like Daredevil would. Uh, I haven't read 600 yet, so I'm not sure if I'm still getting this book or not. You guys dropped out. I am still on, but I do want to reach out to our listeners and say, anybody who gets Daredevil right now, are you still getting it? Is it still good? Or are you just getting it because you're a Daredevil fan and you just get the issues? Let me know if I should drop this or not pick this up. Because uh, I'm not going to read three issues by uh, Wednesday. So, uh, Marvel 2-in-1, number six. This is uh, Chip, Chip Sadarsky, Jim Chung. The fate of the four revealed at last a mad final gambit against the death of the universe. Ben and Johnny join forces with familiar friends, but will doom ruin everything? The fate of the four will be determined here. Uh, we know this book is con- is staying around even after Fantastic Four returns, but it sounds like this might be a big, big issue about how they get back. What do you think, uh, Garrett? Yeah. Um, you know, the storyline's kind of warped for me since I've just read uh, Iron Man because Doom is in that. Um, so it's interesting to see the, reve- the revelations of Invincible Iron Man if they're mentioned in this book or if they're uh talked over but anyways um this book itself has been incredible um you know we do have a fantastic four book coming out but this itself is like i don't i almost don't need a fantastic four book because it's kind of more fun the mystery of the fantastic four maybe getting together down the line but that johnny and uh the thing are in this journey together uh, I think it's one of those things that I, I almost wish that there wasn't going to be a Fantastic Four book quite yet. I was really enjoying this two and one. And I know, like we've you already said, it's going to keep coming out, but there's something so strong and so um, familiar reading this two and one. I didn't need the other two characters yet. I could just enjoy this and the the hunt for those characters. It would have been cool if this was like a maxi. And that led like, right into the new Fantastic Four book. Like twelve, like twelve issues of them looking for them to finally show up, and then be like, "Here we are." That's, I guess, that's maybe what I want. I know that's not what I'm going to get, but I just, I loved this book so much that I think it almost hurts to see that Fantastic Four is just getting thrown right back in the loop. Uh, you're both crazy. They should bring back Fantastic Four. I've been waiting too long. I need my Richard, my Reed Richards today. Come on, Mister Terrific. Uh, I need them right now. Uh, but uh, but that Fantastic Four book doesn't start till August. So I'm curious how it says the fate of the four will be revealed here. Are they going to be in this book and then it ramps up to Fantastic Four? Or is it just a tease and it doesn't happen this issue? I guess we'll see. This book's been excellent, though. So if you're looking for a Fantastic Four book or just a fun book with Ben and Johnny, here you go. Two and one. Punisher 225. This is Matthew Rosenberg. Uh, Judy 
Funanova uh, target, Punisher. Frank Castle is a man on the run. With his war machine armor being tracked, Frank needs to be stay one step ahead of Nick Fury if he wants to keep a handle on his heavy artillery. And and for what the Punisher's got planned, he's going to need it. Uh, how's this book been going, guys? By the way, also, uh, I don't read this book. Is that Nick Fury? Is that the ultimate Nick Fury or is that the real Nick Fury? Uh, ultimate Nick Fury. Oh, okay, go on. How's this book been? Um, uh, yeah. This is like, right now, it's like Civil War, except it's only the Punisher versus the rest of the Marvel heroes. This, this it's is insane. Punisher War Zone, where it's five issues of Punisher, uh, pretty much kicking the crap out of everybody. Oh, the last issue I realized he got the crap kicked out of him by uh, Captain Marvel. Uh, this I am so excited for this. And I I want Frank Castle to come out on top. Obviously, he's not going to kill the heroes. Oh, maybe, maybe well, who knows? Maybe he will. Maybe he's really crossed over and he's like, screw you guys. I'm going home and you're going in body bags. I cannot wait to see the outcome and the bloodshed in this issue. Uh, Star Wars Lando, Double or Nothing, number one. This is Rodney Barnes. Uh, Pilo Vanelli, straight from the frames of the highly anticipated film solo a Star Wars story, Swagger, a younger and somehow even cocker Lando Calrissian, before his days in the rebellion, before he ran Cloud City, even before he lost the Millennium Falcon, Manila, comes this tale of Lando's adventures and misadventures in search of love and money leading right up to his appearance in Solo. Uh, you know, Lionel Carisian's my boy, so I got to get this book. I got to get it. Uh, especially with Donald Glover on the cover there. So, Did you guys go see Solo yet? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, you know, I mean, if it was if a Lando movie, I would have been there the day before it came out, if you know what I mean. But uh, it's about Solo. I like on Solo, but uh, I need my... Um, I know he's Lando's in that movie, but he's not the star, so I'm not going. We'll see. <laughs> I mean, I will see it. But I just wasn't excited to be like, let me go out right away. Plus, it you know it's a busy weekend for us, uh, especially. So I didn't go see it. But X Men Red Annual Number One, Tom Taylor, Pascal Alexi. I don't know how to say that last name. After Resurrection, before Red, Jean Grey was reborn in a world that had changed. Her friends and family had lived lives. Some had lost lives. And this is the Jean story of catching up. Losses and triumphs, reconnecting with old colleagues, grieving for those lots and meeting family members she didn't know existed. Garrett, are you getting this? I know you get uh, X-Men Red. Are you going to get this annual, though? Yeah, I am. Um, a, Tom Taylor's writing it, duh. Um, but B, um, I think it's going to kind of inform those how, kind of how this team formed together before issue one, because... You know, if you weren't reading the stuff beforehand, it's it's just that you know that Jean Grey's back and she's leading this new X-Men team. So I think this is going to kind of explain where she came from when she was resurrected. And then, uh, yeah, it's probably going to just be like a greatest hits about why she deserves to be the leader of this X-Men Red team. Uh, a lot of good books this week. Uh, Alex, what do you think? What looks like your pick? Uh, I think my most anticipated one will be probably Royal City 11. We're coming back from a little break. We're getting back into the present day story. Um, see, start this last four issue arc. I am ready to roll with it, ready to see if I uh, tear up because it's a possibility. Garrett? I look forward to Doomsday Clock. Um, 
I think that, uh, yeah, even though it has been on break, anytime an issue comes out, just being in that uh, universe where there's potential for, you know, your favorite Watchmen characters to show up, uh, it's very exciting. So I am very pumped for that book. Wow. No Man of Steel, huh? Uh, no. <laughs> if you're talking about most anticipation, as in I hope to God you're not ruining my favorite superhero, then I guess that's a, that's one way to look at it. My most anticipated, the one I think will be good, is Kill or Be Killed number 19. The one I'm really looking forward to and I'll probably read first. The one I'll read second is that Man of Steel because I am really curious to how that's going to happen and how that's going to roll out. Plus, I got to read it before Garrett does and say, hey, Garrett, uh, you're going to like this. Yeah. You're not gonna like this. <laughs> like, that's going to be the first thing I do that day is read that. Uh, it's going to be a very exciting to read it and see how it goes. But uh, Kill or Be Killed, if you want something good, Man of Steel, if you're curious, uh, if you want to hear what everybody's talking about, uh, Man of Steel. Uh, Alex, the weather's been, it's been so hot out there. I, uh, pr- I'm probably dehydrated right now. That's probably why I can barely speak tonight. Uh, will your comics dehydrate before you can take them home? Whew. Well, I'm going to let you guys in a little secret. Uh, it, it could rain according to my forecasting. I mean, I'm looking outside right now. It's, uh, it's dark, so it's hard to see those clouds, but, uh, I smell in the air a little bit of moisture which could either be some rain. Uh, it could also be that pool that's over there. I'm pointing at a pool. Um, you know what? Who knows what that weather's going to bring? All I can tell you is keep those books in that plastic sack that you get them in. At least most comic book stores I know have a plastic sack. You keep them in there so they're safe and dry. That humidity in the air, humidity in the air won't get to them. If it rains, it won't get to them. If it snows, they're safe. <laughs> Oh, Alex, Alex, it'd only be a Marvel comic book shop that would give you a paper bag. That is true. Made from expired and recycled books. I don't know how books Wait, expire. Wait, you, you went to... Uh, oh, no, no, no. Marvel would kill a tree. You went, to, <laughs> you went to weather school for 12 years, and that's how you tell the weather? You just look outside? Well, I, I, I lived in Alaska for six years. That's where my weather school was at. You know how we found out what the weather was going to be? We sat down by the walruses, stuck your hand in the water. If it was warm, rain was coming. Snow was coming. If it was cold, it was going to be sunny. It was ironic. But that's how you learn. Garrett, how the world's like it? Um, gosh, my head is just in the in the potholes, if you catch my drift from what Alex just said. But uh, to talk about the real potholes, um, I don't care about them. But as far as traffic to get your books is concerned, um, I think that uh, you shouldn't have any problem uh, getting your getting your books if you get to your shop quite early, because there's a lot of good stuff coming out tomorrow. Uh, I think we're more on that higher quality of the spectrum um, as opposed to last week, which we had some good books, but um, very much looking forward to this week. There's some big uh, gems, which uh, we'll be looking forward to. And um, well, there's one book that you might be going five miles per hour less than you would uh, your normal speed, because that's that Man of Steel could change everything. So it may, it's going to make me just like sit outside the shop and be like, do I turn around right now? And uh, kind of like Star Wars The Last Jedi. What if I just think of the return of the Jedi at the bonfire and then everything will be okay. So, we'll see. Uh, everybody, don't forget to uh, tell your friends about the show, but also go back and listen to episode 100. We had some guests on and we had a fun time there, so listen to that episode. It is... Uh, so much fun! It's only an hour, so like if you got an hour, go ahead and listen to it. It's shorter than our normal episode, so it should be able... You should be able to digest it and then watch listen to this show. Actually, you've listened to this show if you're at this point. 
Uh, and then keep on, carry on. Maybe send that one to your friends and uh, let them know about Wednesday Comics. Uh, spread the word. Just like how uh, we're spreading the word. I'm not sure what I'm about to say, but Brian Michael Bendis, uh, if you do good on that Man of Steel issue tomorrow, and it does, and tomorrow, yeah, today, uh, tomorrow, yeah, it is tomorrow. Uh, if you do good on that issue tomorrow, uh, and it's good for me, but it's bad for Garrett, I will love you forever. My name is Marvin. I'm Alex. That's my biggest fear. I'm Garrett. <laughs> hey, everyone. Keep reading those books. <laughs>